0: Hi, everyone. David Harris here for Criminal Injustice with a news bonus. What happens to Andrew Cuomo now? Well, as you no doubt know, Andrew Cuomo will soon be governor of New York no longer. Now, I say soon be because I am recording this between the time that he announced his resignation and the actual day of leaving office, which will come in the next few days from the time I'm putting this on tape for you. Now, uh, no more Governor Cuomo, and uh, there's no need to impeach him, but could he be charged criminally? That's the question I think on a lot of people's minds, and of course that's right in our lane. So let me take a few minutes with you to break this down. Of course, you recall that, uh, you know, with the beginning of August, with the release of the New York State Attorney General's report on the uh, sexual harassment allegations by 11 different women against Cuomo, uh, the pressure built very, very quickly. He soon found himself with no allies and no support. The uh, state assembly leader announced, uh, we're going to impeach, we're not making a deal, uh, he should resign if he doesn't want to be impeached, and eventually Cuomo did that, announcing that his resignation would take place some days later. Um, so where are we to see ourselves now? Um uh, well, we we have 11 accusers who've come forward. And, and I just want to say, I mean, the allegations of the behavior that uh, Cuomo is alleged to have uh, engaged in are appalling. Oh, my gosh, appalling. You cannot justify what he did in any way, shape, or form. The things he did with these women, mostly very young— and unable to respond in ways that would keep themselves safe from him it was just you know inappropriate is not strong enough a word just appalling and and i got to say all of them were bad but the one that really got me was the this this the, I, something that had not been public before he actually did this to a state trooper a female state trooper who was part of his own security detail can you imagine the gall to do something like that? I mean, can, can you just imagine? He touched her in the same way as he was doing with these other young women. And she, even being a state trooper, felt similarly powerless because she thought, you know, if I speak up, if I say anything, it's going to reflect badly on my unit and make it bad for all the rest of us. This was the kind of power the guy had over people. He was, of course, enabled by a full phalanx of protectors and lawyers and so forth and, and, and gophers, all seeing that the boss was okay. All right? Just terrible, toxic, awful. Now, he's going to be sued. I think, in fact, he already is being sued, but that's Civil. All right. And the prospects for success in a civil lawsuit are actually pretty good in this case. Civil lawsuit, not criminal. This is where Plaintiff A sues Defendant B. All right. um, because, among other things, sexual harassment law on the civil side, um, th- th- everything that we know from the State Attorney General's report fits that law very well. And the standard of proof is pretty low by contrast to the criminal system. Uh, the allegations in a civil lawsuit for money or other kinds of, uh, uh, of, of damages, um, that has to be proven by a preponderance of the evidence that's the legal phrase, that's basically 50.1% of the evidence, and that's a standard that will be reachable given the evidence disclosed in the state attorney general's report. So the prospects of succeeding in a civil lawsuit are pretty good. On the criminal side, though, there's been plenty of noise. Can he be charged with Crimes, And it is uh, the understanding uh, that's out there generally that, that possible allegations of wrongdoing have been referred to at least five different district attorney's offices in the state of New York, depending on where the allegations took place, which county, because all of our counties in New York state would have a different district attorney. And so it is up to these five, at least, there'll probably be more, district attorneys to decide whether to bring criminal charges. And uh, what are the prospects there? Well, I'd say that they are a good deal less certain. Okay, and here's why I say that. Uh, Number one, in any possible criminal case, you're always going to have a consideration by the prosecutor of whether it's, quote, worth it to bring a criminal case and this has you know there are dimensions of this that are about whether or not the case can be proven which i'll come to in a minute but also is it going to do some extra good is it going to do some good generally and while it would have big symbolic value to show that the highest office holder in the state is not immune to criminal charges you also would be considering as a district attorney that, look, face it, the guy's no longer governor. He's publicly disgraced. He's tarnished the legacy, not only of himself, but his whole family. Um, he's uh, he's lost everything, essentially. You know, I mean, uh, I'm not saying that that's enough reason not to prosecute him, but it would be one consideration that would be on the table. I mean, he doesn't even have a place to live, for God's sake. He was living in the governor's mansion. Doesn't have his own, his own place. I mean, don't feel sorry for him. I'm not saying that. I don't feel sorry for him. But these things would be considered. More to the point, what could he be charged with? Well, really, under New York state law, there are only two possible charges that might work, and they're both misdemeanors. I think one is uh, misdemeanor sexual abuse. The other is, I think, called forcible touching. I could be wrong about either one of those, but I am confident both are misdemeanors. The maximum sentence on one is a year the maximum sentence on the other is six months. And the governor, as a person with no prior criminal history, would be unlikely to get any jail time in any event, even if he was convicted. And then there's the maybe most important consideration. How likely is it that a conviction could be had? All right. Um, I said earlier that the allegations contained in the New York State Attorney General's report really fit the civil law, the sexual harassment law, very, very well. It was almost like a master class in what would constitute a civil lawsuit for sexual harassment. But criminal law is different. These two possible misdemeanors are set out as crimes, of course, created by the state legislature, and they have elements things that must be proven for each of these crimes to have a conviction and it's much less clear reading the allegations against the governor that these things could all be proven that each and every element could be proven and then you got to think they have to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt to 12 jurors all of whom must be unanimous in their verdict That's just a real high standard. That's the highest standard in the law, and it requires very solid evidence. You may not think much of the governor's defense, the defense that his lawyers made about each individual allegation. I thought a lot of it was, you know, to use a technical legal term, it was crap. But they will be able to raise points about each and every one of these accusations that might create a reasonable doubt in the minds of just one juror. You put all of this together, and I think it's a stretch for me to see how you'll have criminal charges and even more of a stretch to see what those would be. Now, there are political considerations for any district attorney turning these down would maybe cost a district attorney some political capital but that's you know that remains to be seen um they could bring a case like this and lose and that might be worse for them politically now one other thing to say about this you may have heard one of the accusers who went on television on the CBS Morning News program to detail her accusations. She has filed a criminal complaint. Now, what is that and does it matter? Well, most states have done away with the practice of allowing civilians, non-prosecutors, to file a criminal complaint. This used to be common before the great systemization of criminal law, which was basically in the 19th century. You could go in and file a criminal complaint. Most states have gotten away from that, done away from, done away with it entirely. And even where it still exists in some places, like New York State, it is not binding on the prosecutor. It doesn't force the prosecutor to bring charges. The prosecutorial apparatus, the power to charge, is all owned completely by the state, In the person of the district attorney. So, would that generate some pressure on the DA to go ahead and bring the charges? Well, maybe, but to the extent there's already huge public pressure stemming from that attorney general's report, I think adding this to it doesn't make a lot of difference. That's just my thoughts. So, that's it. What will happen to Governor, soon to be ex Governor Cuomo, now? will he face criminal charges you can always turn to us for thoughts on what's happening in the criminal justice system go to criminalinjusticepodcast.com you'll find all the news bonuses you could possibly need and you can also find our interviews with interesting impactful people who work within around and through the system that we call criminal justice system and all of our other features. We are listener-supported. If you want to help us out, go to Patreon.com/slash/CriminalInjustice. We appreciate it very much. And I'm David Harris. I'll be back with you next time.